Fact-checking appeared in the U.S. culture when millions of ordinary Americans began to have a voice and were able to say things that the establishment didn't want them to say. Many Americans, myself included, see fact-checking, most especially social media fact-checking, as a way to punish people who are saying things the establishment doesn't want said. Merriam-Webster's defines fact-checking as to verify the factual accuracy. Dictionary.com goes further and says that fact-checking is to confirm the truth. And while both of those may be true and pure theory, they have absolutely nothing to do with it. They are a completely inaccurate description of what fact-checking is in the real world. It may surprise you to learn that Facebook just made a startling and unexpected admission in a court case concerning what fact-checking really is. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. The establishment wants the public to believe that the mechanism that the establishment uses to protect the establishment's narratives is somehow moral and ethical and righteous. Now, there are occasions, admittedly, when fact-checking can provide evidence sufficient to the, to the point where people will say, you know what, what that guy or that entity over there said is not true. That's because the fact-checkers are able to bring sufficient weight of evidence to the table. So I want to be clear, that can and does occasionally happen. But in my opinion, the main purpose of fact-checking is to protect the establishment's disinformation. This would probably be a good time for me to express my view of the words misinformation and disinformation. When an ordinary person puts out inaccurate information, whether they're doing it maliciously or they're just in error, I consider that misinformation. The falsehoods put out by government, media, and large corporations, which would include Big Pharma, I consider that disinformation because they know what they're putting out is either a straight-up lie or it's half-truths or it is lying by omission. Make no mistake, fact-checking has virtually nothing to do with facts and is all about protecting establishment narratives. We can see this because there are three groups that virtually never get fact-checked. The first is fact-checkers. No fact-checker ever fact-checks the fact-checking of another fact-checker. And the reasons for that are clear, because if fact-checkers were checking the fact-checking of other fact-checkers, yeah, it would be chaotic, because fact-checkers would be pointing out that that fact-checker over there is not telling the truth. The, data, the, the information he's pulling up is, again, just like government and large corporations, it's lies, half-truths, or lying by omission. The second group that never gets fact-checked is the media. And that's primarily because the overwhelming majority of fact-check operations are owned or funded by large media conglomerates. So why would they own or fund an operation that would then turn around and look at them and say, no, no, that's a lie or that's a half-truth or that's lying by omission? Yeah, so they don't do that. And of course, the media is a tremendous part of the establishment. So when I say they're protecting establishment narratives, they're protecting whatever the media wants to say from fact-checking. The third group that never gets fact-checked is 
statements from government agencies or from entities that in the mind of the media have reached the status of an institution. Um, examples of these would be the National Institutes of Health, the Centers for Disease Control, Johns Hopkins, Google, Meta, the new name for the parent corporation over Facebook, the American Heart Association, the American Medical Association, the FDA, and on and on. If, it, if it's a government agency or it has reached in the minds of the media the status of an institution, which means it's part of the establishment, then they don't get fact-checked ever. In other words, in the main, the only people that get fact-checked to protect the establishment narrative is we the people, the people that are the rulers of the United States, are the victims of fact-checking. And those who maliciously lie most often, government and institutions, media, and large corporations, they never get fact-checked. One of the largest and most egregious and offensive fact-checking operations in the world is run by Facebook. So what is this startling and unexpected admission from Facebook in court? You may be aware that John Stossel, the journalist, has sued Facebook for a considerable sum after Facebook put the label on one of his presentations as misleading based on <clears throat> fact-checking. It may surprise you to learn that just this past week, in responding to Stossel's suit and seeking to have the court dismiss Stossel's suit against Facebook, Facebook argued that fact-checking is not necessarily factual, does not necessarily represent the truth, but is simply the opinion of whoever it is who's doing the fact-checking. In other words, in court, on the record, Facebook just admitted there is nothing necessarily or inherently factual about fact-checking. While fact-checkers offer their <clears throat> opinions on any number of subjects, in terms of science, I want to read to you the remarks of blogger Anthony Watts. Mr. Watts says, quote, such fact-checks are now shown to be simply an agenda to suppress free speech and the open discussion of science by disguising liberal media activism as something supposedly factual, noble, neutral, trustworthy, and based on science. And Mr. Watts's description is spot on. This is, of course, no surprise to me because I have probably pushed back longer and harder against the establishment narratives over the last 30 years than most anyone I know. The three areas in which I am best known for pushing back against the false establishment narratives is, number one, providing facts, data, and evidence that shows in the vast majority of occasions the statements of government and media concerning SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the vaccines are false. And I always provide the data to show their faults. The second false narrative I'm well known for pushing very hard against is the question of upon who has Congress imposed the income tax and who has it not. The reality, not, not the false establishment narrative, but the reality is Congress has imposed the income tax on almost no Americans whatsoever. You think 
Congress did so because you've been socialized to believe it. But when you actually get into the law, when you actually get into the Treasury orders, Treasury decisions, statutes, regulations, Supreme Court decisions, and so forth, when you take this entire body, it's crystal clear. It's not questionable. It's not some sort of weird interpretive thing. It's absolutely crystal clear that Congress has never imposed the income tax on the average American who just goes to work and earns a living. And I'm most well known for getting that message out via my book, Income Tax Shattering the Myths which is the best-selling book on that subject in the country. The third area where I'm known to have pushed back against countless false establishment narratives is in my groundbreaking work on the human physiology of nutritional metabolism. I address the human physiology of nutritional metabolism in my book, Body Science, where I absolutely shred for you the establishment narratives that's too lengthy to go into here on any number of narratives that have caused America to be the most chronically ill nation in the history of the world, period, full stop. Not only do I shred all of the establishment's false physiology narratives in that subject, but then I explain in a very easy-to-understand way the science of what your body really does, physiologically speaking. Both of these books, or either of these books, would make a fabulous Christmas present for anyone you know who loves truth rather than dogma. And because we're in the Christmas season, I'm running a special on right now. If you purchase Income Tax Shattering the Miss and Body Science together, I'll put the link down in the notes of that particular product where they're bundled together. If you buy them together, I will inscribe and autograph each copy for you. So whether you want them both for yourself or you plan to keep one for yourself because you're really interested in the subject matter and you want to give somebody else one of them as a gift, they will both be inscribed and autographed. In addition to making fabulous gifts that people will thank you for, for the rest of their lives, you purchasing any of my books at drreality.news helps me to continue to be here for you without doing things like monetizing my videos or doing the Patreon kind of thing. If you like my, me being here providing factual information day in and day out, then please go to drreality.news and purchase one of my books. And of course, Christmas is a great time to do that so that I can continue to be here for you. Thank you.